Welcome to Mr. Reticle Presents the C Word, a deep dive into the IBLP and WWYD. I'm Lynn. And I'm Amanda. And in this side quest, we'll be discussing why the Institute of Basic Life Principles is a cult. What does a charismatic leader, deception, homeschooling, and purity culture have in common? Brainwashing, abuse, and scandal. Oh my. Bring your snorkel, swim trunks, and sexy rash guard and jump in with us every other Wednesday. And then bam, music. Um, hi. <laughs> Hello. How's the humidity? <laughs> I'm dying inside. Like, I'm absolutely dying. Like, I even, I looked outside and, because Perry sent me a Snapchat because it's been really hot there and she said mm-hmm. the gym was terrible. She's like, oh, it's not that bad today. It's like 78. And I looked outside and I'm like, it's probably 72. But if you look at the road, it looks like it just rained. Like, it's all wet and it hasn't rained today like it rained last night it's just not dry operating yeah I am not jealous it was um 88 here yesterday but it's the desert so (laughs) yeah that sounds much better yeah it was like 92 even yesterday like they had a slight breeze like in the afternoon like going outside was fine I didn't feel like I was like sweating through my clothes or anything but today oh yeah yeah I wore sweatpants. I wore sweatpants yesterday. So that's yep. insane. I just finished putting all of my winter stuff away. I was like, it's too much. Get winter jackets. You can't look at sweatpants anymore. Granted, I was in all places with air conditioning, so I would have been cold if I wore shorts. That's true. Yeah, that's one thing I noticed at the hospital. Like our room is always really air conditioned, so I get really cold in the department. Yeah, I have like my own hospital pullover. Uh huh. <laughs> I bring with me even if it's ninety. Yep, I have to. Alrighty, well let's get into this before Zoom starts to suck. Um, <laughs> we're gonna talk about character qualities. Uh oh, do you have any culty check marks to do or no? I do, because I actually wrote them down last time. So minimize or discourage access to non-cult members of information, including critical information. So that was that whole, like, him being like, oh, don't share the curriculum outside the group. They're like, they won't get it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then compartmentalize information into outsiders versus insider. Under that, there's a point that says ensure that information is not freely accessible. Same thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And still fear of the outside world. Yes. I feel like we've definitely done that in like every single episode, but. Yeah, um, that's an ongoing theme for sure. Ongoing, but extremes of emotional highs and lows. Love bombing and praise one moment and then declaring you're a horrible sinner. That's a fun one. Uh, And then ritualistic, sometimes public confession of sins. Those are the, the biggies from last time. So nice. We're going to talk about some of those today too. So it'll just be reiterated. Oh, sure. That podcast recommendation that I had last time. Yes. I got like a few seasons in because like each case in the beginning, it was like a season. Yeah. And then the next one, they're like, we're doing season four. And I'm like, okay. And then 
I looked at it and they covered Jonestown like as a cult. So I was like, oh, like, so I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm very excited because it's just a really good kind of like how narcissists work. Yeah. Like a really good version aren't of it. Making, so I haven't listened to it yet. Aren't they making a movie, a Jonestown movie? I think so. That's hard. There already are movies, but I think they're making. I thought they were making a new one. Oh yeah, with Leo Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm so excited. I feel like he's going to do such a good job. Yep. The other one Mm -hmm. is um, they're doing a a Jeffrey Dahmer one with uh, not Chris Evans. (laughs) Stuck in my brain. (laughs) Evans. Evan, the guy from American Horror Story. Evan Peters. Yes. What is his name? Yeah. I can't, I, I just know his face. Evan Peters. He's a really good actor. Yeah. He's going to be perfect. Like, he even yeah. looks like him a little bit. Like, yeah. oh, it's kind of like when Zac Efron was Ted Bundy. I don't like it, but I love it. And- <laughs> well, and the, there's that one, um, the movie My Friend Dahmer, which Ross Lynch played him. And it's like about him in high school. Um, it's really cringy but it's um, it's like really he like played him perfectly he's like super socially awkward and all this stuff so can't wait and at the same time I'm like can we make movies about people we don't know about because that would be dope I know I would love to I would love to see some really obscure serial killer or yeah cult from like a different country that we're not familiar with like yep. get a lot of media attention That'd be agreed but i don't think it'll happen it will speaking of cults because i recommended in the last episode the under the banner of heaven i saw mm-hmm. the mormon one i saw a tiktok today that was like it was a guy that um is ex-mormon and he was kind of discussing just the first episode, like the details. And it, he was like, it's beautiful how detailed everything is from like Andrew Garfield's like undershirt, like, cause you can see mm. it under the thing. And like, he was like, it's insane. And even the way they speak is very specific so very and accurate. stuff. So it's super, mm-hmm. super accurate. I don't know about to the story itself. Cause it is based on a true story. but I feel like it's so twisted that why would they need to change anything but I'm sure there's details that they've added or whatever but um yeah it's just really it's really good everyone should watch it I know I'm like by the time this is posted I'm sure every episode will be up already so no I appreciate that like when they do um like the tribes from Letterkenny the Mm -hmm. one woman that is indigenous like letting her pick her own outfits to keep it like like other tribes are like, yeah, that's actually extremely right. accurate down to like what she's wearing. Like they're all like, oh yeah, like this is, yeah, this is great. This is a hundred percent accurate. I'm like, oh, okay. I think it was the same feeling that. with um, reservation dogs. They'd had a lot of, because it was written by indigenous people. Although Waiki, uh, Taika Waititi was one of the producers or the directors or something, which he's from New Zealand, pretty but is a New Zealand, a Kiwi. Although I think he's native. I think he's native. So I think he's Mao. Ma- I can never say it. Maori? Mao. Ma- that. <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, it's a great show. If you want like all that, the way indigenous life is kind of on the reservation, especially for kids. Like it's very good. Alrighty. Okay. Moving on. Hit me. Character qualities. 
if we're discussing character qualities, Amanda, what do you think of? Like just the term in general. I think, I mean, when you talk about like somebody's character, it's like, are they honest? Like, are they trustworthy? Like stuff like that. Yep. Same. Which is kind of, so right off the bat, the character qualities themselves, they're not bad qualities to have. Right. Just like a standalone they yeah. Are. Yeah. Be assertive. Be patient. Be honest. Be blah, blah, blah. Yeah. All good things. So in the IBLP world, they're told to meditate on Christ's commands, which he will use to develop his own character in us. So they're basically studying Jesus's character qualities in himself so that we can be more like him, basically. Like emulate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, these are what we need to be aware of when trying to develop our own specific character qualities. That is word for word from the IBLP website. Every quality personifies Christ. Jesus, Chris, <laughs> full expression. <laughs> Chris Evans is everywhere. Okay. Jesus Christ is the full expression of every positive character quality. He's truth, love, forgiveness, gentleness, generosity, patience, kindness, and every other quality. Oh, this is what's word for word from the website. Not the thing I said before. Mm. Or maybe it is. I think it all is. I don't remember. Whatever. Um, (laughs) Character explains why things happen. God promises that all things work together for good to those who love God because they conform us to the image of Christ. And that said, see Romans 28, no, 828 through 29. And it matched from what I read. So we're not going to, we don't need to read it. Um, If we are lacking in a particular character quality, God will often allow circumstances and even tragedies to develop that quality in us. That whole bad things happen to you because it builds character or whatever. I feel like that's, I'm just going to like insert a little thing here. Yeah. From what I understand, and this is where I disagree with Billy Boy here. Because I've heard Christian people like, you know, like all things work together for the glory of God, like sometimes crappy situations, right? But I, I think Billy's taking it to extreme of like, he's not just going to allow it to happen. Like he's making it happen. Yeah. Like he's stretching just a little bit further. Like I've often heard of kind of, you know, the metaphor of like God as a father, it's like raising a child. You're going to, you're not going to always tell them, don't touch that. It's hot. Like you're going to kind of right. let them figure it out for themselves and like, that's a consequence and that's like now you've learned well but, that's free like, will so, yeah right like free will so like it's not necessarily that it's like he's causing it to happen right but with billy it very much reads like that like no yeah. no he's gonna be like you know what i think you should get in a car accident and it will teach you something like right i don't, I don't think that's that's not how it works yeah it just doesn't come across as like a um you know stuff happens and we're gonna learn from it and move on it's very much like he he let this happen to you because he wanted you to learn this character trait like I, I disagree with that yeah I'm with you the other one uh not the other one he goes on to say David said it is good for me that I have been afflicted that I might learn thy statutes so it's literally what you were just saying kind of it's right. from Psalm 119.71 just to be like Oh, I'm sick, but that's good because now I've learned. Yeah. Part of me feels like that is a human need for like justifying when bad things happen to you. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I think that's just like a human trait to be like, I have to have reason. So I'm going to blame it on 
god well it also i mean psychology wise there's like there's certain people you know there's certain people who are like it's never their fault right like to a certain extent doing that is like healthy being like well it sucks but you know i could just sit here and cry about it forever or oh i can god. just move on like yeah, yeah. It's, it's a healthy mechanism versus like well it's not my fault if you had just done this this and this it's like oh so it's never your fault like that's right. not accurate right yeah yeah i agree I also think free will plays into it, even if it's not, I'm not saying it's your fault something bad happened to you, but everyone else also has free will. So Mm -hmm. they could do something that affects you that Mm -hmm. has nothing to do with God because it's free will. No. Right. (sighs) Uh, Qualities are needed to praise others. We are commanded to encourage and exhort one another on a regular basis. One of the most effective ways to do this is to recognize positive qualities exhibited in the life of another and praise him for it. In order to do this, we must be able to identify specific character qualities and give their definitions. Fine. So Bill Gothard has made a list of 49 character qualities, uh, but you have to be a daily success participant to get access now it used to be free on their website and now it's not Mm. um so this is just someone's like opinion she you i think it's a she uh used the it's literally a list it'll have the character quality the bible or like the definition which she also grades and then there's the bible reference and then if it actually matches with what the definition is basically and it's it is her opinion um and she used kgv which is the king james version because that's the version that iblp uses not that that's relevant so if anything doesn't make sense we can definitely look it up in a different so is this like a pass fail for grading as far as like like it is it passing a bible check are they like that's yes what that means or is it like you pass the character quality trait. Congratulations. It's the, it's the Bible check. So she, she literally is like, I think in her little like post thing, she, I keep saying she, I have no clue. So they said, they say that it's not like the virtues themselves are not a bad thing to be or have. It's taking the verse that Bill Gothard put next to it and seeing if it matches up with the definition that they gave that the IBLP gives of each thing to see if like the Bible is actually supporting that or not I think or maybe the definitions maybe the definitions are actual definitions okay so yeah uh impressions the Bible verses reference supports the operational so she's also giving the verses before after and around it if necessary to give context oh that's appreciated I wish Bill would do that yep um, well, there's a reason he does it. And this is just her summary. She has mm-hmm. uh, like seven other posts just about this. Um, but I figured we'd just summarize. So I'll read the first one. It's alertness versus unawareness. The operational definition is being aware of that which is taking place around me so that I can have the right responses. She wrote, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the Bible reference is Mark 14, 38. Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. The result was poor and it failed. <laughs> because it's true, that doesn't really have anything to do with alertness or like 
being aware I don't know I think it's just a little bit of a stretch like yeah watch and pray to keep you out of temptation like watching yourself watching right. your surroundings watching who you're spending time with like I, yeah. I just think it's a little bit of a stretch I mean I suppose you could say that but yeah okay next one attentiveness versus unconcern showing the worth of a person by giving undivided attention to his words and emotions again okay Hebrews 2 1. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Okay. And then she gave it a pour, and the final result is fail. Yeah. I know the King James is rough. (laughs) It is rough, but also, so speaking about attentiveness, and when I think of that, I think of like active listening. Like I'm not listening to respond. I'm listening to to like, what are you trying to say? Right. And this verse doesn't really give the impression of listening like that. It mostly to me gives the impression of like reacting. Yeah. Or well, earnest heed to the things which we have heard. So to me, this almost reads as like a gossip thing. Like somebody tells you something in confidence, like don't let it slip out to just anyone. Right. So that's not really attentiveness. That's for me, that would be more of consideration, but I, I could be wrong, but that's just, yeah, I'm with you. It does feel cause less at any time we should let them slip is like you doing something because you were listening. So that's what I get from it anyway. Right. It's more focused on the person listening and like their actions afterward versus then yeah the act of actually paying attention agreed moving on to number three availability versus self-centeredness are those two things they're not synonymous no they're not well they should be antonyms but they're yeah it's not (laughs) no they're not either they're not synonymous or anti i don't yeah they have nothing things to do with each other um Making my own schedule and priorities secondary to wishes of those I am serving. So I guess what they're trying to say is if you're making yourself available, you're right. not self-centered. Okay. Right. I, I guess, okay. Word it works mistakes, with, it. with that. I, it makes sense. Um, yeah. She wrote, okay. And then the Bible verse linked to it is Philippians 2, 20 through 21 is for, I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state for all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ's what it should be so hard man (laughs) for i have no man like-minded so no no one's the same i think that i think that means no one's the same no i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna look up an easier version just to see if we can like yes do it this nailed down a little bit all right we'll go with the niv because i feel like they are the most normal Hip, if you will <laughs> i like esv myself but it's, it's the easiest to understand for sure i have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare for everyone looks out for their own interests not those of jesus christ so no one cares is basically <laughs> cool story bro that, that's what that is um <laughs> she rated it very poor and obviously fail <laughs> because yeah that has nothing that has more to do with being self-centered than 
availability. Yeah. I want to save that verse even before that because the context is a little strange. Yep. Timothy and, dear God, this person's saying Epaphroditus. Mm-hmm. Epaphroditus. Beautiful. It. It's very mm-hmm. Greek. So the one before it that says, says mm-hmm. I hope. <laughs> mm-hmm. Does the Bible say that anywhere, though? It makes me really happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope in the Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, to send Timothy to you soon that I may that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. So when he says, I have no one else like him, he's referencing Timothy. Because that's okay. what I was like, who's him? It's lowercase him. Who are we talking about? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have no one else like him. So basically just praising Timothy for having genuine concern for other people because everyone else seems to look out for themselves. Only. Right. So just speaking highly of Timothy. Okay, so I can see why that one was a fail. Got it. Yeah uh next one boldness versus fearfulness confidence what i have to say or do is true and right and just in the sight of god okay acts 429 and now lord behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word very poor and fail wait i need to i I know i'm looking it up hang on (laughs) niv niv i honestly haven't read through the list like i skimmed through it but i haven't like we're looking into this together real time people yes real time now lord consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness you see that makes so much more sense to me yes (laughs) uh i lost it what what verse was it (laughs) 29 yeah so that whole little paragraph it's talking about herod and pontius pilate met together with the gentiles and the people of israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant jesus whom you anointed they did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen now lord consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness it's talking about a specific thing that happened yeah Moving on. (laughs) Cautiousness. That doesn't look like a word. It is, but I don't like it. Um, Cautiousness versus rashness. Also a word. I'm not a fan of the way it looks. Um, It's true. Knowing how important right timing is in accomplishing right actions. Well, she was right in writing odd. It is yeah. <laughs> Knowing how important right timing is in accomplishing right actions. So when I think of cautiousness, I mean obviously being very cautious and like, oh, he right. acts so rash, like he just goes in without thinking. Yeah. But their their definition's a little different than than that, isn't it? Yeah. It's all about timing, apparently. Because cautiousness to me is like with care. Like you're doing something while being very aware and being uh, almost timid about it. Right. But that doesn't necessarily have to do with the timing of things. That could just no. be in general. So their thing is Proverbs 19.2, also that the soul be without knowledge. It is not good. And he that hasteth hasteth. <laughs> hasteth? Hasteth? I know. Proverbs 19. Proverbs 19. Two Proverbs nineteen two. 
It's like post haste. Desire without knowledge is not good. How much more will hasty feet miss the way? Okay. See? Haste. Haste. Very poor fail. <laughs> it kind of, okay, I think the verse matches the cautiousness versus rashness better than the definition does. Yeah, I agree too. Yeah. But again, that's more like watching where you step than timing your steps. Right. So right. That's that's why it doesn't match neither of them match the definition that they gave, but the verse matches cautiousness versus rashness, I think. Sure. Yep. Still a fail because it doesn't doesn't match. (laughs) Compassion versus indifference. Uh, investing whatever is necessary to heal the hurts of others okay first john three seventeen. i just have like that's like okay it was, i'm reading it like it's so sarcastic now um first john three seventeen. but whoso hath this world's good and seeth his brother have need and shutteth up shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him how dwelleth the love of god in him so basically whoever has good in them and sees your somebody else in need and doesn't have compassion for them, like, how are you right. a God, basically? Like, right. You can't call yourself a believer and not have compassion for people. Yes. I know the verse before that. <laughs> that helped. Right. So this one definitely seems to match better. And she yes. did give it a good rating and a pass. So yep. like that all, like, yeah, that doesn't, that seems to be, like, I don't have to stretch for that one. Right. Know? Right. Also, I think you could, you could definitely find, I love rain. Um, you could definitely find compassion everywhere in the Bible. Like Mm -hmm. any, you could pull from kind of a lot of places and the good Samaritan, like, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of references. Contentment versus covetousness. Another word can't be right. That can't Mm. be real covetousness. Should it be like coveity? Is that is that better for you? Maybe I don't know. It's the ness part. It's not needed on every word. Okay. Realizing that God has provided everything that I need for my present happiness. Yeah. Good. She wrote it good. So there you go. First Timothy six eight. And having good and raiment, let us be there with content. Of having, I'm sorry, I can't read. Of having food. And raiment, let us be there with content. So it's just saying, be happy with what you have. Good. It passes. Great. Moving on. Yeah. Raiment just means clothing. That's what I thought. Once I read it correctly, it made sense. But when I said good, I was like, I don't know what that means. Hi, B. Oh, B. Hi. Will he meow into it? (laughs) Do you want a cookie? I don't think so. He might beep. He has a little activation. Yeah. You want to try? You want to try? What do you think? Speak for us, kitten. Guess not. (laughs) So creativity versus underachievement. Again, I don't think of those two things as being related or antonyms. Those are just separate things. Talking about two different subjects. What is happening? Let's try and get him to do the <laughs> chewing because he's, he's going to do it. You feel like you're chewing. Oh, his love. He was starting, he was starting to chew. Yeah. Aww, so cute. <laughs> Means he's happy. 
grinds his teeth when he's happy. Good thing you're not a child that will like need me to buy you braces for that later. Oh, my nephew used to grind his teeth when I was a baby. It was horrible. He would like, you'd hear it like, and we were like, stop it. <laughs> so horrible. Yeah. When Bean does it, it's just cute. Yep. Um, okay. So creativity. Approaching a need, a task, an idea from a new perspective. Now, that would be like a fresh perspective. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why are your cats that? the way they are? <laughs> Just knocked over his toy. Because God made them that way, Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so she marked this one as okay, and then she used the verse Romans. 12 to and be not conformed to the world but be transformed by the renewing of your minds that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of god which i think we're all very familiar with that verse but yeah she marked it as poor and fail i mean so yeah these things are not related like transformed by the renewing of your mind is supposed to be like a spiritual like your whole outlook has changed based on a relationship with god what does that have to do with creativity or or achievement I think that speaks more to like your relationship, not necessarily getting things done or being creative at all. Sorry. Right. I agree. Decisiveness versus double-mindedness. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I thought I only had one mind, but double-mindedness. Double. What does that mean? Um, the ability to finalize difficult decisions based on the will and ways of God. Still don't know what double-mindedness is. Um, she said that that was good. How? What does that mean? But okay. Um, James 1 5 is if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. So if you lack wisdom in making a decision, you ask God, and because he gives to all men the same, I guess. So the pages I went. I went back to her like more in depth ones. I'm under this one, the decisiveness versus double mindedness. She pulled um, James one, four through six and says, but let patience have her perfect work that ye may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Okay. So basically just like stand up for what you believe in. Right. And then James 1, 8 says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So that's where that term comes from. Yeah. I looked up double-minded, undecided, uh, wavering, marked by hypocrisy or insincere. So that makes sense. Yeah. And also you asked about upbraideth. It's to find fault with or reproach severely. Huh. So, but she might not that as say that poor and fail. If you lack wisdom, let him ask God. Because that's not you. Okay. I can see why you're not asking. You're not making a decision. You're asking God for wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I get that. Well, so that would be a fail. Yeah. Deference versus rudeness. Is it deference? Deference. Deference, I think. Uh, limiting my freedom and order not to offend the tastes of those God has called me to serve. Okay. 
Romans 14, 21, it is good neither to eat flesh nor to drink wine nor anything whereby thy brother stumbles, stumbleth, or is offended or is made weak and it's okay and this gets a pass, which, yeah, I mean, this is directly related to just being considerate. Right, so like, <laughs> for reference, if Lynn comes to my house, I always make sure I have vegan options because I'm like, I'm not going to eat kind of all of my stuff because she doesn't eat my stuff. So yeah, just being considerate. As I sit here really. eating Nutella, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, whenever Lynn comes to visit, I just give her a couple jars of Nutella and some pickles and it's pretty much all set. <laughs> Honestly, if you could throw some all-dressed chips in there, golden. Oh God, those are so good. So good. I was talking about them yesterday because I have a student that has family in Canada and I was like, why ketchup chips don't live everywhere? She was like, I don't know and I hate it because <laughs> they're so good. <laughs> so Canada, you've done one thing right and it is ketchup chips and all dressed chips because all dressed oh, chips all have ketchup <laughs> in them. I like both. They're both good. The next one is dependability and inconsistency. I mean, versus inconsistency. Wouldn't it be consistent versus whatever? I'm just being right. So um, it does work. It's not wrong. Um, yeah. Depend, uh, fulfilling what I consented to do, even if it means unexpected sacrifice. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't think you have to sacrifice something to be dependable all the time. Like you can, but it's not a requirement. That's all. No, not always. Psalm 15.4, in whose eyes a vile person is contemned, not condemned, contemned, contemned, that's how you spell it, um, but he honoreth them that fear the Lord, he that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not. What is the point of the ifs? Were they like paid by the letter? Like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> and I guess that's just how they spoke back then. That's a horrible... <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's obnoxious for sure i guess shakespeare did that too but he was a jackass um not to not to offend anybody he was a racist sexist homophobic pick genius also, the best doctor who episode just saying yeah. he's a genius but i i though i feel like his personality was like right on par with what he probably was like probably the whole, the whole never meet your heroes thing be like yeah shakespeare might not be the one you want to meet <laughs> Didn't he like warn her before they went in that episode? Be like, mm, yeah, it might not be all you cracked up to be. Yep. <laughs> and he was like a womanizer. He right. was. Yeah. Anyway, thing. what is contem contemned? So contem contemned uh, is to view or treat with contempt. Oh, okay. So <laughs> the girl in her other page. She wrote Psalm 15, three through five. So she wrote the two surrounding verses. And then at the end, she just wrote, huh? <laughs> so that's how I feel. love that. <laughs> In all caps. And ID. Huh? <laughs> I'll read huh? this one while you look it up. It's um, he that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor in whose eyes a vile person is contemned, but he honoreth them that fear the Lord. He that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not. He that putteth not out his money to usury, nor taketh reward against the innocent. He that doeth these things shall never be moved. F. 
So this is also a scripture fragment. So I'm just going to go to 15 because I'm like, I need to see more of this. Yep. So David is questioning God. Like it's starting out with who may dwell in your sacred tent. So he's asking God, like, who do you find acceptable? Who do you okay. find in high esteem? He's asking, like, that's the context we're working with. Yep. Who despises, and then, uh, who despises a vile person, but honors those who fear the Lord? Who keeps an oath even when it hurts and does not change their mind? Okay. So they're talking about the one whose walk is blameless. Like that's the person. Okay. The one whose walk what is blameless, is, who does what is righteous. What does that have to do with dependability and inconsistency? I don't, I don't know. You said, <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like you can't really draw a line with this scripture. No. It doesn't check out. It doesn't no. pass. Sorry. So, fail. Big fail. Right yeah. there. No. No. Moving um, on. Again, if you have like a really good pastor, they would not have as many fails in a sermon if they're on top of it. Like they would be like, you can't make a sermon like this. Yeah. This isn't applicable. Like, don't do that. Uh, determination versus faint-heartedness. Again, are those two things synonymous or antonyms? I don't, I don't know. Antonymous, uh, is that a word? <laughs> Why is it synonymous? Antimonous? Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> uh, pur- purposing to accomplish God's goals and God's timing regardless of the opposition. Okay. This one is marked as good. Second yeah. Timothy 4, 7 through eight sorry that other seven yeah, the, story like the, threw me off I was like four seven through eight but also a seven <laughs> okay I have fought a good fight I have finished my course I have kept the faith uh henceforth that there, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me on that day and not to me only but unto all them also that love his appearing okay I followed it till the end, but unto all them also that think, love his appearing. Oh, so to people that love talking, God. Right. Appearing, like it could be appearing to them or it could be like coming back. I don't know, yeah. necessarily know what they're referencing there, but it says poor and it's a fail. Because yep. uh, yeah, again, this is more about staying the course because right. God said so. And I'm not the only one doing this. It doesn't really have to do with timing necessarily, or it doesn't even talk about opposition in this. It doesn't. At all. It's not even referenced. It's not a bad verse. I just don't think it matches what with his definition. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. It does match for determination. It is about determination. Right. But, but it doesn't match the de- their no. definition of what determination exactly. is. Also, if you're going to be like, this is a character quality we want to determine this and then you're going to give the quote-unquote antonym which would be faint-heartedness right wouldn't you want to give a definition for both of those separate things yes i agree it's easier to understand but whatever diligence versus slothfulness visualizing each task as a special assignment from the lord and using all my energies to accomplish it okay that's yeah that makes sense Colossians 3.23, and whatsoever ye do, ye do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Yeah. So that checks. I don't know what that has to do with slothfulness, but the diligence part, yes. And she said yes. Pass. Pass. Great. 
moving on <laughs> and also like when it says do it heartily it means like do it with all of your heart like it is consuming you you are right. very passionate about this which i'm guessing if you're a lazy person you're probably not very like putting yeah. all your time and effort in there because you're really passionate i guess so that's i true. guess you could say that but yeah. i think they should just be like diligence don't be a sloth Let, yep. like moving on <laughs> yeah i agree discernment versus judgment so again this goes back to the myers-briggs thing because i think that's one of them it's like a judgmental versus what was it the j versus a f feeling f feeling versus judgment i'm a j Uh, even though i watched a video about myers-briggs and literally the whole thing is bullshit so (laughs) it doesn't really matter i think it's got some good points it's kind of like the love language thing there's there's good points but it's not and it's and the tests everybody are, in a box and the tests are inconsistent and like the people that take them if you think you're extroverted you're gonna answer extrovertedly or vice versa or whatever so oh 100 yeah uh, as an example of that i'm always yes. like because i feel like pretty even like and i i really enjoy my own company so at one point when i took that test i was like no like i think i'm like 60 40 but i think i am more introverted yeah. I love spending time by myself and I have a very small group of friends that I'm very close with and I don't have like a lot of people yeah same and then the pandemic happened and then I didn't have any friends because I got uprooted and I was going insane I'm like Eric you're the only person I have I'm like yeah no 100% lie I'm an extrovert yeah. I can't I can't survive without people I'm getting depressed this is not good for me <laughs> so yeah. And even depending on the time of your life, it could change. So I'm, I'm definitely a mix of both, but if I pay attention to astrology, which I understand more than Myers-Briggs, I, as a Leo son, I'm supposed to be like all the attention on me all the time. I'm the center of everything, mm-hmm. whatever, but I don't feel that way, but that because I have a Leo moon, I only feel that way in my close circle and it's not a selfish thing. I also want my close circle to shine as brightly as I do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I am I extroverted in my group of people. And other than that, I hate everyone. So. Right. Like you, you want the close attention and like yes. attraction from your the people you really care about but you don't right. give a crap about people you don't know right <laughs> like, but I want them to feel the same because then Leo's come off as really selfish and I'm like no I want everyone to live in the same warmth and light that I live in basically yeah yeah I'd say that's pretty accurate with yeah all the Leos in my life I mean I only have two but I feel like you guys are pretty consistent in that way of you you could be taken as self-centered, but it's like, no, like you really just want to be making sure the people close to you are having as just as good of a time as you are. Exactly. Always. So, so I am definitely an E slash I I'm extroverted in my group, but introverted everywhere yeah. else. Yeah. <laughs> right. But anyway, so, discernment versus judgment, the God given ability to understand why things happen. So discernment, yeah. this is good. For a second, I thought that was talking about judgment. I'm like, that's not really. No, but, it would but discernment. discernment. Yes. Yeah, good. First uh, Samuel 16, 7, but the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance. There's that word, that buzzword. Or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord sees, seeth, I'm just going to say sees, not as man sees. For man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And this is poor, and this is a fail. Um, yeah, it's, it's not related. Hard. It's not, 
like <laughs> discernment there's a di- don't look at our between, being right there's a difference between discerning like a situation for what it actually is right and knowing somebody intimately which is kind of more what the scripture verse is talking yeah. about like not your outside what's inside I also think it's really funny that it's like God doesn't look at the countenance but Billy Boy puts so much emphasis on countenance all the time yeah. and yeah. God's literally like don't talk don't it's not about his face it's not about how tall it is I know his heart and Billy's like but you have to have a smiling countenance yeah or like your countenance attracted too much attention it's like well if you actually ran your cult biblically, right. you wouldn't give a crap. Right, you wouldn't be looking at it because God no. tells you not to look at it. Like, what was the intent when they smiled at you? That would be yeah. more of the discernment going on. But, so, th- yeah, those two things. That that you, verse would not be the one I would pick. If you ask men, it's that we <laughs> want it. I guess, I don't know, whatever. I hate everybody. All right except for my circle <laughs> discretion. <laughs> discretion versus simple-mindedness those two things are not related they're not antonyms they're not synonyms they're just not even in the same category. no um that is the biggest one so far this one passes though the ability to what? avoid words actions and attitudes which could result in undesirable consequences okay okay that's so yes, discretion that match. yeah yeah Proverbs 22, 3, a prudent man foresees the evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. I mean, it, okay, it matches, it does match what they're saying. It, it does, but I think you and I are coming at it as discretion and simple-mindedness are not related. Right. So if you, if you had just said discretion and right. I regret it, yes, that would make yes. sense. But so the definition, according to today's version, discretion, the quality of behaving or speaking in such a way as to avoid causing offense or revealing private information. Okay. If we look up simple mindedness, they're not going to be related at all. Devoid of subtlety, unsophisticated, foolish. Okay. It kind okay, but like de- devil's advocate is that it kind of does because if you're using discretion, you're being very careful with your words and avoiding certain things or whatever. Where simple mindedness, you're not. You're just saying whatever comes to your brain. So you're not being subtle, right? It, I suppose. I guess. <laughs> I also think today we're way more likely to use simple minded to explain somebody's like almost IQ. Not like IQ exactly, but maybe how like socially IQ. Like, right. Do you actually understand what's going on? Or are you just like totally unaware yeah. of people and actions and how they interact with each other? Right. So I don't know. But at the same time, I feel like that's a word we shouldn't, which I would have never, I never hear that I word in conversation because that is calling like or, neurodivergent people simple-minded, which I disagree with right. that. No, or, or you use it as like, oh, they're just simple-minded. Like they don't see the big picture. They're so focused on this one part of it that they're missing the rest of it. Like can't see the forest for the trees situation. I feel like that's how I would use it if I ever. Yeah. Like this person just wants to fix a problem that's affecting him right now, but it's like, if you do that, then it's going to cause problems later. And you're being too simple-minded It's the give a man a fish 
teach him to fish type situation. Right. Endurance versus giving up. Well, that's just (laughs) this versus just give up. It's very abrupt. Okay. Uh, (laughs) But they are antonyms. They are. So that kind of works. The inward strength to withstand stress to accomplish to accomplish God's best. Good. Galatians 6, 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So basically yeah. Don't keep going. Don't be tired. Yeah. Don't get tired doing good things because good things will benefit you later if you just keep going. Yep. So that's past. So yeah, I'd say yep. that one's fine. Which she okay. gave it a good pass. I agree. Yeah. The next one, enthusiasm versus apathy, expressing with my spirit the joy of my soul. Yeah. Good. First Thessalonians 5, 16, 19. Yeah, that 16 threw me off too. <laughs> um, rejoice evermore, quench not the spirit. I don't like when you pick verses and don't read the in-between verses. Mm-hmm. It bothers me. Yeah. Oh, I, me too. Yeah. But yes, it does match. Yeah. So this is one of those things though. Enthusiasm versus apathy. Yeah. Why didn't they use empathy? versus apathy because those are antonyms and you don't want to be apathetic you want to be empathetic because billy is not empathetic maybe that's why he's like i just don't like that word doesn't describe me because empathetic is not even in here at all yeah but apathy is (laughs) it's about the faith versus presumption again i don't what is presumption visualizing what god intends to do in a given situation and acting in harmony with it okay so this is poor uh hebrews 11:1. now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen this is marked as good but a fail so i think it's fail because they're not both in line with each other one's poor one's good so it's a fail does that make sense okay Okay. yeah yeah. i see what you're saying yeah like so for it to both pass they either both have to be okay or they both have to be good or okay and good or whatever right like the definition has to be good yeah and the verse has to be okay or whatever because the verse makes sense so presumption is an idea that is taken to be true and often used as the basis of other ideas yeah so when you presume something like assuming you're kind of wrong yeah (laughs) yep okay Yeah, so I don't think that definition, like, doesn't doesn't really work. In her words, (laughs) 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 flexibility versus resistance, not setting my affections on ideas or plans which could be changed by God or others. Yeah. Uh, Colossians 3.2, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. What does that matter? anything it doesn't which is why it failed because it's poor that has nothing to do with anything yeah flexibility not setting my affections and ideas or plans which could be changed okay so that matches flexibility somewhat yeah like god's plans for you could change so like go with it good but the verse it's totally unrelated yeah set your affection on things above that's that's more i think that goes more with faith if anything yes to be with the last one I agree. I kind of want to read what she read, wrote. 
about that one. <laughs> like how you're just holding like a thing of Nutella to your face like a face. I'm fidgety. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> uh, not sure how this verse demonstrates flexibility. The word flexible does not appear anywhere in the King James Version. <laughs> and it's just not a good example of what flexibility is. Like, yeah. It's not, it's not even close. Eh. Moving on. Eh. <laughs> Uh, so forgiveness versus rejection, clearing the record of those who have wronged me and allowing God to love them through me. Yep. That's a good definition of forgiveness, which yeah. she agreed with. Ephesians 4, 3, 4, 32. I was going to say 4, 3 through 2. That's not bad. <laughs> uh, and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Good. So that's definitely yeah. passed. That is the most succinct one so far, I think, where they're all on the same page and all line up. It is another one that it is like the first one we talked about. That was like you about compassion. Like there's tons of that in the Bible. How are you going to mess yeah. up? pulling you can't you know you have so many options to pull from so i'm glad that one passed um yeah the easy ones are passing <laughs> put it that way generosity versus stinginess i don't i read I it stinginess 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 <laughs> stinginess <laughs> stringiness. don't be stingy <laughs> we should put that on a shirt i like that with a b or like a wasp or something cute realizing that all i have belongs to god and using it for his purposes all right i guess second corinthians 9 6 but this i say but this i say he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully okay it's like if you put if you're generous, you will have generosity brought onto you, basically. It's a little bit of a karma verse, really. Yeah. You put it in what you get out of it. So Buddhism, fantastic. <laughs> Love it. A little bit like that. Love Buddhism. Keep going. <laughs> Gentleness versus harshness. Those are antonyms. We Good love job. that. Great. Love an antonym. Good job. <laughs> Showing personal care and concern and meeting the needs of others. Gentleness. Right. Okay. I wouldn't necessarily say being gentle and showing personal care and concern for meeting others' needs, really. Um, I don't think that's really a good definition, but like it's okay, which she also said is okay. I feel like it's more in like considering people's needs and what they need to hear and what you need to be but okay like it's, it's right. good enough first thessalonians 2 7 but we were gentle among you even as a nurse cherishes her children so this gets an okay and okay and a pass cherishes such, such a word yeah, yeah. school we always had to memorize uh kjv and it was awful like we couldn't pick like esv like anything without half and do with yes. and thus and <laughs> all the s thou thou i mean it's not horrible it doesn't really explain it doesn't it doesn't explain what gentle means in that verse it's just saying being gentle i feel like they could have picked a verse that referenced tender-hearted and it would have been better right there's definitely a few of those where it's mentioned like that right. specific word i think that might have worked better but okay gratefulness versus unthankfulness 
Why couldn't I, they just put ungrateful? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's not wrong, but you it's wrong. Unthankful swine. <laughs> it's so, so what food the choice? Okay. Um, making known to God and others in what ways they have benefited my life. Yeah. Okay. That's being thankful. Yep. Um, first Corinthians four, seven for who maketh thee. Okay. For who, who's thee? is thee me. I, I would who just makes replace me, that with you. Oh, for who makes you to differ from another and what have you? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. You need to write, read that like verbatim. It's just so complicated. Okay. <laughs> for who maketh thee to differ from another and what hast thou that thou didst not receive (laughs) now if thou didst receive it why dost thou glorious if thou hadst not received it it's shakespeare that's straight up shakespeare (laughs) we're gonna gonna look up an id okay so and what have you done and did i don't know i can't for, so it says for niv for who makes you different from anyone else what do you have that you did not receive and if you did receive it why do you that. boast as though you didn't so okay. like hum- humble brag and like you're not special like please stop yeah okay makes sense uh but, but still poor and fail well yeah it has nothing to do with great it doesn't <laughs> no uh Again, I feel like gratefulness would be a pretty easy one to do in the Bible. Like there's definitely yes. verses about being grateful. Yes. And accepting things and whatever. Ugh. It could have done better. Uh, okay. Hospitality versus loneliness. Uh, not synonyms, not no. antonyms, just completely different things. Yep. So if you're trying to say like you need to be more hospitable like if somebody's calling you out because you're not emulating this character trait are they gonna be like you look lonely you should be more hospitable like what <laughs> that doesn't make any sense i was confused uh cheerfully sharing food shelter and spiritual refreshment with those god brings into my life good that would be hospitality yeah makes sense yep Hebrews 13, two, be not forgetful to entertain strangers for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. This is okay. Pass. Yeah. yeah I say like, there's probably other ones that could have been better, but it still talks about bringing people into your home. So, so kind of. what would, um, Ted Bundy's girlfriend be considered? Was he an angel? <laughs> be hospitable. <laughs> then he was a serial killer. So no I way. disagree. My paranoia disagrees. <laughs> But anyway, yeah. <laughs> humility versus pride. Those are antonyms. Very mm-hmm. good. Recognizing that. that God and others are actually responsible for the achievements in my life. Sure. James 4, 6, but he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. So he that gives grace. He gives more grace to those people that are humble than pride. Right. Okay. She said this is poor, but it, it does ma- match. Oh, it doesn't match their definition. Yeah. That's no, it, like, it works with humility, but it doesn't yeah. work with recognizing that God and others are actually responsible. Like, or 
I mean, well, it kind of does though, because he's saying he gives more grace and like, oh, God gave me grace. Like God's responsible for giving me grace. I kind of disagree with that one. Because I that, was that one matches. Where is that? Yeah, I kind of think it does too. Huh. She just said, not sure how the verse fits with the operational definition. So the verse before is do ye think that the scripture saith in vain the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy you have to read it i can't i don't know <laughs> any of that means or do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us but he gives us more grace this is what scripture says god opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble again this is like, yeah who are we talking to but I think it matches. They're definitely talking about Satan because the next verse is submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So I think that one matches. Maybe she didn't understand it because she was reading yeah. King James. Fair. Yeah, uh, I think that kind of matches for me too. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Anyway, moving on. No? Okay. In- initiative versus unresponsiveness. I feel like initiative would go great with slothfulness, just saying those yes. would be yes. antonyms. For me, their definition is recognizing and doing what needs to be done before I am asked to do it. So That's yeah, initiative. initiative. That yep. would be good. Romans 12, 21, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Poor. That is a freaking fail and a half. What does that have to do with anything? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Don't be overcome by evil. Yeah but overcome evil with good. That's not talking about taking initiative. It's just, no. it's giving Random. you an initiative, but it's not talking about taking it necessarily. Right. Context yep. is I agree. Joyfulness versus self-pity. No. <laughs> <laughs> the spontaneous enthusiasm of my spirit when my soul is in fellowship with the Lord. Spontaneous, yeah. Joyfulness, yeah. yeah. Yes. Psalm sixteen eleven. Thou wilt shoe me, shoe me, <laughs> not no. like a. Sh- oh, thou wilt mm-hmm. show me the path of life. I was like, not shoe like shoe, but shoe like a shrew, <laughs> but without an R. Um, the path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Yeah, it's about joy. Yep. yep. So that checks. Yep. Justice versus fairness. I feel like those are synonymous. So let's see. Personal responsibility to God's unchanging laws. This is marked poor. Um, yeah, justice is that is not, I don't think that's anywhere close to the even biblically, the definition of justice. Yeah. Um, what is the definition? I'm sure there's probably biblically. Let's look. Because for me, it's like justice is served someone's getting someone's being held accountable right so the biblical reference to the word justice means to make right justice is first and foremost a relational term people living in right relationship with god one another and the natural creation so to make right yeah Uh, it doesn't so poor micah 6 8 he hath sheweth shewed he has word again he has shown you, oh man, what is good and what does the Lord and what does the Lord require of you 
but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Okay. But it's a fail. Right. So the, the Bible verse is all right. Yeah. That kind of works, but the, their definition is really bad. So agreed. I would agree with that. Um, we are more than halfway done. Okay. So we are on justice. So you're on the next. You mean love versus selfishness? That. Mm-hmm. I don't know if those are opposites, but okay. Um, giving to others basic needs without having as my motive personal reward. That's a weird sentence. It's very poorly yes. written sentence structure but fine yeah because that's what i would say love is is love is a selflessness it's you love somebody you want them to be happy no matter what even if that means you're not involved right it's not for your own personal reward it's just right yeah you care about them yeah um first corinthians 13 3 and though i bestow all my goods to feed the poor and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Give my body to be burned. Does that mean it's bad to be like an organ donor? Or no, it's a good thing to be an organ donor. <laughs> Where does that fall? Where does organ doning fall? It's fall yeah, on that. Just saying, giving everything you have, knowing that you won't be profited for it. Okay. Just like oh, okay, but I accidentally read the next thing down, like the next scripture verse, the next one, and that one makes more sense than the one great. you read. I mean, she uh, just said it's okay. It's not fantastic. It's not great, yeah. yeah. So the next one is loyalty versus unfaithfulness. Using difficult times to demonstrate my commitment to God and to those whom He has called me to serve. Just okay, yeah. John 15, 13, greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. I think that would have been a great one to use for the definition of love. Yeah. So this is okay, and it also gets a pass. I mean, it does have to do with loyalty also. I feel like it works for both. Um, Meekness versus, I read that as Avenger. (laughs) versus the avengers um tony stark is not meek um (laughs) meekness versus anger yielding my personal rights and expectations to god fine um psalm 62 5 my soul wait thou only upon god for my expectation is from him it it matches the definition What does meekness really mean? That's what I'm just looking at. So the Bible definition is an attitude or quality of heart whereby a person is willing to accept and submit without resistance to the will and desire of someone else. Which, okay. I, I mean, because how many times, I mean, we we hear meek as in like a bad thing. A lot of times when you're describing women, like submissive meek women, you know what I mean? Which kind of they're unyielding to their, like, you're right. just totally, whatever you want, honey, like, you make the decision, I'll do whatever you want, like, yeah, one with the flow, but it's not a bad thing, like, obviously, in that situation, well, and the meek, good, the meek will inherit the earth is not, right. which, like, if Christian men keep calling women meek, then guess who gets the earth, bitches, we right. do, <laughs> right, so, yeah, it's always good to, like, you should yield to other people, like, it shouldn't always have to be your way, right, 
it does make me think of one of my favorite movies of all time, which is Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. <laughs> and when she said, when they're having the conversation between yes. Sam Neill and they do the, what is it? What does he say? He says like, God uh, or man, God creates man, man kills God, man creates dinosaurs. And then like she says, dinosaurs eat man and women inherit the earth. Yes, exactly. And he's like trying to like seduce her with like a water (laughs) Water drop. It's like, what are you doing? (laughs) So weird. Awkward. I I will say there was one like marvel press conference that they let jeff goldblum run and i think it was the best and most chaotic decision anyone could have ever made <laughs> in all time <laughs> i was like who gave him the microphone what is this what's happening right it now? was great uh, <laughs> uh, uh that was yeah. okay so that's a pass okay yeah so obedience versus willfulness freedom to be creative under the protection of divinely appointed authority. So this goes back to the whole umbrella thing. Obedience within an umbrella. Four. And then the scripture verse, 2 Corinthians 10.5, casting down imagination and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So it does have the word obedience in it. Um, (laughs) Very good. And the word search game, we're doing well. Yes. Which one? So obedience, freedom to be creative under the protection of a divinely appointed authority. I don't think really creativity has anything to do with it. Um, No. I think respect of authority would have been a better phrasing, but uh, so they said it was poor. The scripture verse, yeah. Also, it says freedom to be creative, but the scripture verse says casting down imagination. So I don't know how creative you can be if you're not, if you're supposed to cast your aside your imagination. Yeah. Right, and just focus on keeping all of your thoughts on God. So yeah, those the, the scripture verse is very poor. So yep. that's fail. For, for fail, fail. Well. Poor, poor fail. Orderliness versus disorganization. You could have just written organization. <laughs> disorganization just just grammar Mm -hmm. preparing myself and my surroundings so that i will achieve the greatest efficiency yeah that's being organized yeah Yeah. um order orderliness yeah first corinthians 14 40 let all things be done decently and in order she wrote poor out of context so let's see what the context is because Mm -hmm. um the verse before it is wherefore brethren covet to prophecy and forbid not to speak with tongues what does that have to do with anything wait what did it say before that wherefore brethren covet to prophecy and forbid not to speak with tongues let all things be done decently and in order okay so that's talking but more about the order of operations in a church because there are scriptures in the bible saying like there are rules to the whole tongue thing. There's rules right. to prophecy. Like that does have an order. But again, it's like, that's not really the context that we're talking about. Yeah. Is it an example of organization? Kind of. But that's it's, within a church it is, structure. It is out of context. Because this is talking about character traits that we as the people should be following or right. trying to not have. The church. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not like the actual 
church service or whatever. Which like, I feel like the church and the should have the same character qualities as people. Anyway, mm-hmm. moving on, fail, uh, fail. Yeah, um, patience versus restlessness. Again, I don't. Those not are impatience. not synonyms. Yeah, it should be patience versus <laughs> impatience. Never. Um, I don't correlate patience and restfulness having to go together. Restlessness I think you can be is, restless and be patient. I think restlessness is what you kind of are when you're trying to be patient. You know what I mean? Okay. Like when you're like, okay, so like, like I if you're like fidgeting because you're trying to wait, is that what you're right. saying? Uh, I, had, I had a professor in college. Um, she was my history professor. And like one quote that I'll never, ever forget because it's just so good and it's so applicable to life is never pray for patience. God yeah. will teach it to you and you will not like it. <laughs> and I was like, that is very accurate. Yes, thank you. Good that, hurt, that hurt my feelings. Yeah, exactly. I was like, well, I feel attacked. Thank you. Okay. Uh, so the definition for patience is accepting a difficult situation from God without giving him a deadline to remove it. So that's time okay. based. So that kind of makes sense. I'd say that's okay. She also says it's okay. Romans 5, 3 through 4. And not only, and not only so, but we glory in tribulation also knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience experience and experience hope. So she says, okay, pass. So yeah. So basic, basically tribulation brings patience and all yeah. things lead to hope. Yep. So yeah, I mean, okay. you have to have a little bit of hope. Something's going to happen if you're trying to yeah. use patience. Of course. You're waiting for something. So you're hoping for something. Makes sense. Those words hurt my brain. Persuasiveness love the next one. versus contentiousness. I don't, it's too many S's. (laughs) (laughs) Guiding vital truth around another's mental roadblocks. What? (laughs) Eh? (laughs) I don't understand. Um, 2 Timothy 2.24, and the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, comma, nothing. (laughs) That's the words. Um, so again, that would have been great for patience or gentleness. Just saying, yes. that would have been a good one. So she says, sorry, but when I see persuasiveness being defined as guiding vital truths around another's mental roadblocks, all I can think is that is called brainwashing. Manipulation. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. My mind, my mind did kind of go to like, kind of like the whole proselytizing thing. Like, so he's teaching them that if someone says like, no, I don't believe, or I don't believe it the way you believe it or whatever, that's a mental roadblock. And you have to persuade them mm-hmm. to follow your lead when like, that just makes me want to follow you less <laughs> still. Yep. There you go. All right. Punctuality versus tardiness. Love that. Antonyms. Love it. Yep. Showing high esteem for other people in their time. Yeah. I I say yes. She yep. said it's okay. I say it works fine for me. Ecclesiastes 3 1. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. She marked this as poor. Um, because following that is a ginormous list <laughs> of a time to 
sing and a time right. to a time dance, to dance. And a time to mend and a time to, and a time to <laughs> laugh and a time to cry yes and that so that's all having to do with time uh and being where you are like Not being content related. in your season but what does that have to do with being punctual nothing nothing <laughs> absolutely nothing nope this guy's bananas <laughs> resourcefulness versus wastefulness antonyms bravo wise <laughs> use of that which others would normally overlook or discard okay yeah that's like recycling yeah. something reusing yep um luke 16 10 he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful mm-hmm. also uh-huh. in much and he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. Okay. He that is So this faithful. is having to do with faith in justness. What does that have to do with resourcefulness? Yeah. Like you could have picked so many other verses. Like yeah. uh, what's the um the definition like when Ruth is like preparing and gathering in the fields for her family, all of the unwanted stuff by herself. Yep because her husband left her like that is an example of being resourceful like you're yes. still you know have to feed your family you're gonna go out there and get crap done right like and then you know get your boaz later but you know she's being resourceful in the meantime right right get your boaz ladies get your boaz. another good shirt <laughs> <laughs> find your boaz I just also, it's really funny because it's <laughs> get your Boaz, ladies. Take sloppy seconds until somebody notices. You. Yeah, not great. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Ugh. Anyway, that's a and it's a fail. So responsibility versus unreliability. Knowing and doing what both God and others are expecting me to do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Romans 14, 12. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Poor, 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 and so What does many that levels. mean? This verse is taken so out of context. Like this is not an example of responsibility. If anybody's familiar with the like familiar with the Roman road, like this is this is not the context at all. I'm gonna pop up the rest. It so says can I can read. I have it right here. Or you, um, yeah, you can read it right there. For it is written, "As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God." So then, every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Let us not therefore judge one another any more, but judge this rather: but no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. There's that stumbling block word. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, not related at all. Has nothing to do with. No. Nope. 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 Uh, poor fail <laughs> poor fail we're almost done reverence versus disrespect those are antonyms Good. awareness of how god is working through the people and events in my life to produce the character of christ in me awareness of how god is working through the people and events in my life to produce the character of christ in me no No. (laughs) what does that mean has nothing to do with it at all proverbs 23 17 through 18 let not thine heart envy sinners but be thou in the fear of the lord all the day long for surely there is an end and your expectations shall not be cut off 
This is bad all around. I don't understand. So the bi biblical definition of reference, reverence, sorry, is profound respect and love. When you have a reverent attitude towards right. God, you honor him, express your gratitude, and obey his commandments. This isn't, there, his definition is so, and if you look at it too, it's very culty because it's putting your rev reverence for people is completely dependent on what they're doing in your life, which means right. your sense of control isn't really yours anymore. Right. The, like you don't really get a choice. It's just that it is what it is. The thing she you wrote about it people. is the operational definition is inaccurate and rather self-centered. To revere means to have profound awe and respect, period. As for the Bible reference, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep, poor, poor fail. <laughs> poor, poor, poor sure. That one's not... Nope. No, that was that's a really bad one. Uh, security versus anxiety. I would say those go hand in hand. Yeah, you know, yep. attachment style wise for sure. Uh, structuring my life around that which is eternal and cannot be destroyed or taken away. Okay, sure. so it's definitely a Jesus joke because you know storing all of your treasures up in heaven, everything we have right. is temporary. Right. It's okay. Uh, John six twenty seven. labor not for the meat which perisheth, perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. So don't work for the things that will perish, yeah, but for the things that last. Yeah. Yeah, don't put all of your... Eggs and one basket. things that aren't gonna yeah that yep. aren't gonna stick right okay okay it's fine pass yep self-control versus self-indulgence yeah instant obedience to the initial promptings of god's spirit what does that have to do with self-control she gave it Maybe. an okay i disagree <laughs> i think it has nothing to do why, with why do you thing. disagree because i don't see how that has anything to do with self-control because it's just instant, unquestionable obedience. Is that why? Yeah. I don't know. I see what you're saying. Because like to, to be self-controlled means to put you in a situation where it would be easy for you not to maintain control and then to do it anyways. Okay. Vers like, versus this is just, you know, instant obedience. It's like, well, you're not even given the opportunity to right to question like, or initiate self-control yeah. like if you don't need to right just yes yes okay whatever you say billy there's no self-control it's just it's just acceptance right so i can kind of see that but i can also see how somebody coming from a conservative christian bath background would say their definition of self-control is just like you know whether it's like a, an authority figure or whatever yeah, You're like I'm already in accordance with it. That's what I've decided, and that's me maintaining my self control. Is be like, nope, we're just gonna accept it. So like, yep. I can kind of see it both ways, I guess. It's a little, it, it could be a better definition for sure. She called it highfalutin Christianese. Yes, <laughs> so. exactly. Yeah, highfalutin Christianese. I like that. That's good. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, 
Galatians 5, 24 through 25 is, and they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Poor. <laughs> Agreed. Uh-huh. What? Uh-huh. Yeah. At least that though is kind of speaking to that, like you, there's action to be taken though. Like if right. you're going to live one way, you have to have self-control to do it. Like I agree. Don't go that. after the lust of the flesh, but it doesn't match with his definition. Right. Yeah, just, yeah, da, 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 da. yeah, I agree. Sensitivity versus callousness. Love it. Yep. Exercising my senses so that I can perceive the true spirit and emotions of those around me. That would match up with sensitivity, I think. Yeah. And she says, it's okay. To Romans 12, 15, rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Yeah, yeah that's pretty spot on. Yeah, being with somebody in the present moment of their lives. Yeah, it's Good. kind of like, even though empathy wasn't in here, that's what I would describe as empathy. Yes, agreed. Yeah. Sincerity versus hypocrisy. Sure. Eagerness to do what is right with transparent motives. With transparent motives. Do you really have motives when you're being sincere? No. Well, I don't know. Well, it could be, it could be like, yeah, like good motives. But then hypocrisy is saying one thing and doing another. So I guess that would be like hidden motives quality or state of being sincere honesty of mind or intention freedom from simulation hypocrisy disguise or false pretense yeah the operational definition provided by mr gothard about eagerness to do what is right is adding to the dictionary definition i get the impression he's trying to put a christian spin on it and could be seen as an example of of hypocrisy that's ironic um the verse is first peter 122 seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Okay. That's like just being true to your, what you're putting your energy right. into basically. Cool. Fail. Okay. Failed. <laughs> Thoroughness versus incompleteness knowing what factors will diminish the effectiveness of my work or words if neglected this is poor this also seems like christianese too because yeah thoroughness is just making sure everything gets done in my mind right simplistically but knowing what factors will diminish the effectiveness of my work or words if i neglect them for me that's being that's like the definition of self-awareness, not thoroughness. So she's yeah. like, Bork. Proverbs 18, 15, the heart of the prudent getteth knowledge and the ear of the wise seeketh knowledge. What does that have to do with thoroughness? Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Especially by their definition. Yeah, that's poor, poor fail. And I can yeah. totally see why. It doesn't, it doesn't answer any questions. <sighs> Thriftiness versus extravagance. Okay. Not letting myself or others spend that which is not necessary. She says poor, but that is what thriftiness is. Mm-hmm. Right? I think that's probably an okay definition. I yeah. could say why she gave it a poor rating. Uh, I can tell you. Also, wouldn't that just kind of go hand in hand with the resourcefulness one from earlier? Oh, she's saying because it says letting 
uh, not letting others spend that, which is not necessary is something else. So not letting myself spend that, which is not necessary uh, is thrifty, but having not control, control over other people. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I get that. That makes sense. The second part is kind of odd. Um, Luke 16, 11 is if therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, isn't that a bread? No. Mammoth. Um, oh. I did read it as mammoth. Go away, Zoom. I hate you. Uh, who will commit to your trust and tr- the true riches? Mammon. 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 Uh, mammon, biblical term for riches, often used to describe the debasing influence of material wealth. So bougie. I was thinking bougie. of manna, like manna from heaven. That's what I was thinking. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, That's where my brain went. Yeah. It's like the opposite, really. Um, okay. If therefore you have, you have not been faithful in your bougie richness, who will commit to your trust to the true riches? You know, it has more to do with extravagance than thriftiness, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, poor, poor. Yeah. Wow. That's the thing. If you're going to give the definition of the thing, shouldn't you be using the scripture verse to support that and not be like well the right. opposite is extravagance and we're going to use that it doesn't... right <sighs> yeah. you have to do a complete compare and contrast if you're going to do that it doesn't work agreed uh tolerance versus prejudice ironic uh acceptance of others as unique expressions of specific character qualities and varying degrees of maturity so this is okay philippians is 2, it 2. Do they follow that? <laughs> I mean, I don't think they do. I think it's hypocritical of them. Yep. But Philippians 2 2. Fulfill ye my joy that ye be like minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Poor. That has nothing, that has to, nothing do, to do with, to with tolerance this. at all. No, not even a little bit. <laughs> you could have even used that scripture verse talking about um, what consideration, like, for yeah. people eating certain things that would have worked like i'm gonna tolerate yeah. your lifestyle even though it's not the same as mine like i don't know yeah oh god but Be they can't like say minded. that because then they would have to accept gay people yeah god forbid we treat humans as humans how terrible ridiculous um, also i would just like to say nowhere in the bible does it say like <laughs> love love your neighbor but only if they're straight just yeah. just pointing out there nowhere in there and it never will be um <laughs> yeah this and is I, just bad i can't quote this directly because i don't know but i'm pretty sure the word that people have mistranslated to um being gay is actually about pedophiles so oh yeah it could be yeah. <sighs> I'm not a linguist with the I'm not either in Hebrew Same. <laughs> I don't know. but like a lot of uh a lot of people talk about that how it's actually a mistranslation and have like broken the word broken the word down and they're like it's literally about sleeping with young boys like about right. young children that's the Which point of course is icky and yes everybody agrees with that yes or girls but they can't say that in the bible because they were all marrying 12 year olds but anyway um <laughs> truthfulness versus deception okay earning future trust by accurately reporting past facts so what does that have to do with future and past like what wouldn't it just be giving an accurate account like i feel like the bible has so many verses about keeping an accurate account. yeah 
Like, <laughs> it has nothing to do with anything. So poor, I agree. <laughs> Ephesians 4.25, wherefore putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. I mean, that's about truthfulness. It just doesn't match their weird definition that doesn't match anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I think that matches the word, the character trait, but not the, yeah. just not their weird definition, which is why it failed. <laughs> so. And we have virtue versus impurity. The moral excellence and purity of spirit that radiate from my life as I obey God's word. That's a lot. Hang on. I got to read that again. Yeah. Okay. Second Peter 1 5, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. And then this says okay, pass. Yeah. I really just don't like KJ. Yeah. It's hard to read. Mm, I can't do it, Lynn. I can't do it. Are you looking it up? Watch. In like a hundred years, there's going to be a new Bible verse, and it's going to be like it's going to say yeet, bro. In it. Yeah, yeet. <laughs> yeet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, it's so funny. Yeet is um, such a good word, though. <laughs> Not gonna it lie. is. I love it. I yeet. yeeted it. Yeet. I yeeted it. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge. That's not even the same verse. <laughs> I mean, like it is, but it's not. <laughs> no, it's like, I don't. What? Second eh. Peter? One five. Second Peter 1 5. This is 1 5 through 8. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self control and to self control perseverance and to perseverance godliness seven and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of your Lord Jesus Christ. Now, granted, that's 5 through 8, but like, yes, that doesn't, is this even the same thing? No. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according to his divine power, hath given unto us all things that pertain into life, unto life and godliness, though the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. All she wrote was, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think this is written correctly. I even looked up Second Peter 1, 5 through 7, the KJV, and it says, and besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. That's all it says. I don't know. Interesting. Me either. Well, it's not that. <laughs> so no, I'm gonna give that, that one a fail. To do virtue. Yeah, no. I know. Sorry, that's going to be a fail from us. She said pass, but I'm going to say no, no. on that one. Um, the last one, wisdom versus natural inclinations. Okay. Seeing and responding to life situations from God's frame of reference. Okay. Okay. I get it. Um, Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Okay. 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 Pass. 
So she has 20 that passed and 29 that failed. Final grade, fail. <laughs> oh, fail. Womp, womp, womp. Well, so that's their, that's what they expect everyone to be, including themselves. But also, I feel like, so there's what, 49 of these? Is that right? Yeah, 49. Yes, because mm-hmm. seven times seven is 49, and seven is a magical. That's right. He was so obsessed with numbers. Yeah. So seven is the number of perfection in the Bible. So if you do that. Well, in numerology, my number is seven. So. (laughs) Fancy. Uh. Yeah, I think it's six is basically the devil. Everyone knows that seven is perfection. Eight is the number of new beginnings. I don't know what any of the other ones are. Um, I know 11 is like an angel number, but I don't know what that means. Like a guardian angel. None of those things are bad things to be. If nobody's telling you to be them. Yes. And it's just their definition and the surrounding stuff that is an issue. Here's the thing too, is that all these character qualities, they're good things. Like you said, they're all great. Mm -hmm. But for people in this institution they're weaponized yes because if you well you just need to be more blah 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 I don't see you being very blah 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 like it's not and I I know they say to to talk about others character traits at one point like praise others for when you see things like oh like you were very patient with me like thank you like yeah that's always great to do but in this regard I mean, talk about like the, the lesson plans at the end of each week, sit your family down and pick a name out of a hat and tell them how they did a thing and, right. and when they did do it and how that made you feel. And they're weaponized. Like you were not patient with me last week and made you feel like this. Yeah. So it's one thing if you want to expand on them and teach them to your children. Um, but you also need to be a little flexible with how they might learn things sometimes. And, and it's not going to go according to plan. Compassionate. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I just want to talk about one character trait that is not on that list. Independence. Oh, that's a good one. That's not on there either. It's not the one I was going to talk about. Um, So one article on Recovering Grace quotes a Huffington Post article by a Jack Watts after he attended the National Religious Broadcasters Convention. He is the author of Recovering from Religious Abuse. He has his AB from Georgia State University, his MA from Baylor University, and he was, at the time that he wrote this article, which was 2011, he was working on his PhD from Emory University, like finishing it up. I think he only had like his mm. dissertation left, so he's probably a doctor now. Um, he worked in marketing specifically with Christian ministries and publishers, He regularly attended the NRB conventions for his clients for many years, and he was noticed, um, and he has noticed that there is a looming character trait, that's what he called it, in evangelical Christianity that is often overlooked by Christians, and that trait is narcissism. Mm. (laughs) We're going to talk about narcissism. Um, These leaders in the past, he mentioned Jim Fay, who is an American televangelist um, and has been convicted of fraud, and his wife, Tammy, they put on a show worthy of Las Vegas or Broadway, production-wise, is what he called it. Obviously, they're not going to be a nipple tassel feather, but (laughs) (laughs) Jimmy Swagger, and he's another televangelist, um, 
an American Pentecostal televangelist. He even won a Grammy in 1980 for the best performance of traditional gospel. His scandal happened in the late 80s when he was put on suspension and then defrocked for hiring sex workers. And then he was caught doing the same thing a few years later. Then he explains seeing Pat Robertson, who was the former host of the 700 Club. He retired in, like last year at the age of 91. I thought he was fired from that ages ago. <laughs> Didn't realize it was still also, a thing. Old. Yeah. Um, he hasn't had any outrageous scandals. He just said some fucked up shit. If you read his Wikipedia. <laughs> and of course, Jerry Falwell, who... <laughs> Amanda's favorite was the president of Liberty and left with his pool boy. Nope. His wife left with his wife's pool boy. And he has a yacht. That's all I wrote. I don't know. (laughs) I'm only listing these people because the author of the article does and explains them as celebrities. And they each had an entourage of followers eager to do their bidding. And even though scandal has brought down many a televangelist, the egregious character quality, as quoted, of narcissism that resided in the leaders of the past still remains prominent and ignored in many evangel- evangelical leaders of today. I wrote it differently. There <laughs> we go. <sighs> he also talks about the electric church before their fall. I honestly can't. Like the electric chair, but with God. I don't. <laughs> So when I looked it up, all that comes up is Jimi Hendrix and a performance space in Austin because Jimi Hendrix <laughs> called like music, like the electric church or whatever, which makes sense coming from a rock star, but right. So I don't know. It's obviously an organization. He kept talking about it. Like it was an exhort an organization, or he's just talking about evangelism altogether. I don't know, but it hasn't fallen. So I doubt that. I don't, so I don't know what that is. Um, But he writes, the scary thing about evangelical narcissists is that they showcase narcissistic personality disorder, but are not outwardly boastful. Covert narcissism, if you will. Mm -hmm. They showcase themselves as humble, which skillfully masks their compulsive need for attention, approbation, and admiration. (sighs) Watts goes on to explain that some may call this a con, like they're con men, but it's not necessarily true because a con artist is less dangerous because they know what they're doing. A con artist makes a plan and they're like, I'm going to trick this person into doing this and blah, 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 blah. Where an evangelical covert narcissist, as I will now be calling them, (laughs) they believe that they're right and they have a higher calling, which makes every action that they do justified. And anyone that goes against them are of the devil or trying to thwart God's will. Yeah. This is especially well, also like employees or like people that are narcissists. Below them. Yeah, narcissists. The thing about them is, like you said, con men are very aware they are con men. Narcissists yeah. have no idea they're narcissists, no. and so they're deceiving even themselves. Yeah, <laughs> ridiculous. Ugh. Um. So he explains that they're also hypersensitive to criticism. Yes. Uh. Which is why they surround themselves with weak-willed people who hang on their every word and would never question it. Yeah. There's also usually a no talk rule, which is typical in these ministries. If you've been watching, like I said, under the banner of heaven, it's a lot like put your questions on the shelf and how the church hides its original documents, like the ones about polygamy and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, This is typically from keeping the leaders eccentricities a secret from the world. 
or other things. The secret from the world. If an employee or follower breaks this rule, they are shamed, castigated, and humiliated while being told that they'll also be prayed for. That's got to be right because you you're the problem, not me. So confusing. Yeah. Um, if they aren't shamed back into line, then they are usually verbally abused and then terminated or pushed out. Mm-hmm. See that kind of in a lot of religious settings. Um, the people pushed out often turn away from God or blame God for what's happened. So if your mission as a Christian leader is to build God's kingdom, shouldn't you care about those people? <laughs> You're literally you like destroying it. Um But these narcissists who have been given a kingdom of their own regularly take advantage of others and will routinely abuse them. They believe God gave them a higher calling. So that means God condones their behavior and methods and they use his authority to enforce their own will, which their followers eagerly affirm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you should always be able to, if you have a good relationship with whoever it is, your pastor, your parents, your spouse, your sibling, yeah, yeah, whoever, your professor, you should always be able to question them and they should always be able to give you an answer. Even if it's, I don't know. Right. If somebody shuts you down or makes you feel stupid for asking a question, it's not a healthy relationship, which is why a lot of people leave churches. If they have questions, like, and if they get like shunned because god forbid you asked and like right. we don't have an answer so like stop talking like yeah not good that so that if you guys watch that show that is what happens he harry goes, potter yes uh no <laughs> harry potter they all ask questions then mcgonagall just tells them the truth um <laughs> dumbledore that's an issue but you like you like he goes into this trick because he's dealing with this murder that happened and now he has questions about the faith or whatever and he starts asking his bishop or whatever they're called i can't keep track of all the elder brother whatever and um he goes oh no we just put those on the shelf like that's always the term that's used they never they're not allowed to ask those questions so Mm. and i guess like in one part of the show i don't want to give anything away everyone should just watch it never mind but it's whatever. so good it's so good this um this article like i said was written in 2011 and the author claims that the emotional carnage of wrecked lives left behind by these narcissists has become so extensive that it threatens to outnumber those blessed by their ministry efforts so what are you guys doing <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and people are afraid of calling them out because they reason that whistleblowing on these leaders and organizations harms God's will, which is not true. It's not the best Christians so, I have met are the ones that are critical of the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think Personally. of, think about it this way. Like I wouldn't necessarily say Jerry is a narcissist, but if you see, or if you look back when he first took over after his dad died, and saw how he talked and spoke to people versus like right before. So for instance, he was still there when the pandemic started. What a mess. Mm -hmm. Um, Yep, all our kids are coming back from Thanksgiving break and Christmas vacation. No, we're not taking any precautions. This is all gonna blow over. I don't understand why people are making such a big deal out of it. He was so pompous. Yeah. Not maybe necessarily narcissistic, but totally full of himself. Yep. Totally full of himself. Untouchable. Speaking not from an area. Totally untouchable, speaking from an area of um, 
nobody, nobody can touch me. Um, I know what's going on here and no, nobody could question him at all. Right. God forbid they did. And it, he wasn't initially like that. I think to an extent, I think he got that way over the years, but if you had taken Jerry, which obviously he has this whole thing with his wife and the pool boy and immediately upon this coming out, the board is like, you got to go. We've had issues before it with you for a while. This is the last straw. There are petitions going around. All of your past students want you out. Like you're done. Yeah. Which is exactly what they should have done. Right. Like we don't want you, this kind of person running our school like this. You're a poor example. Uh, but imagine what a difference it would have been if First of all, he didn't spew things like that. He was, you know, considerate and compassionate and like, oh, we don't know about this new virus. We're just, you know, we're, you know, we're talking like this and we're just waiting for updates and we'll keep you posted and blah, blah, blah. And then pool boy thing comes out and imagine if him and his wife broke the story themselves. Like, hey, we just want you guys to know we've had an infidelity issue in our marriage and we want to just be completely open, open and honest with everyone. Right. How much healthier would that be yeah. to see as an example in a huge church community? I think that would have been great. And it's too well, bad it didn't happen. It's kind of like when people are sexually abused by somebody, the abuser is never the one to come forward ever. Yes. It's no. always, oh, you got called out. Now you make a public apology. 99% of the time your apology is bullshit and it's it comes off really weird and the longer it is the worse it is like <laughs> whatever so it, yeah it's it is like way more commendable so listen if you're an abuser you would probably have a better social standing to stand on if you come out about it first mm-hmm. so uh out yourselves please and thank you yeah but it's, I don't, I don't know why the church is so apt, like the Catholic church, they hide so much stuff. Like there's always scandals coming out about it. And, you know, if that happened on a smaller church scale, something came out, I would, I would hope there would be good pastors out there that would be like, Hey, I'm just admitting I screwed up. Right. Like, what, whatever it is, you know, like I, I haven't mentioned this, but I have a gambling problem. Right. Like, I don't want you guys to be in the dark about it. It's, it's my own personal struggle. Like, you know, like it would just be so much more commendable and I would have so much more respect for well, look people at, in authority. Look at the reservation schools. That's not what they're called. The board, the residential schools. Yeah. Like the Pope just now apologized, but it's, you know, bullshit pretty yeah. much. And they've just released their first official report on the schools in America that they've found graves. So, and the body count is in the thousands between Canada and here so it's uh, and it's all the church so you're if you if you really cared about God's glory you would just immediately out yourself yep especially because Pope Francis not about you was not the Pope during that time although there are residential schools still open St. Joseph's anyway um shut them down everyone (laughs) uh I'm going to continue with this other little thing because it's just um, really interesting to look at. So the Recovering Grace article continues to quote Sandy Hotchkiss's book, um, Why Why Is It Always About You? The Seven Deadly Sins of Narcissism. The seven deadly sins are shamelessness. Shame is the feeling that lurks beneath all unhealthy narcissism and the inability to process shame in healthy ways. 
Yep. Magical thinking. Narcissists see themselves as perfect using distortion and illusion known as magical thinking. They also use projection to dump shame onto others. <clears throat> Arrogance. A narcissist who is feeling deflated may reinflate by diminishing, debasing, or degrading somebody else. Mm-hmm. Envy. A narcissist may secure a sense of superior superiority in the face of another person's ability by using contempt to minimize the other person. Entitlement. Narcissists hold re- unreasonable expectations of particularly favorable treatment and automatic compliance because they consider themselves special. Failure to comply is considered an attack on their superiority, and the perpetrator is considered an awkward or difficult person. Defiance of their will is a narcissistic injury that can trigger narcissistic rage. <clears throat> the Voldemort family. The dad is sweet. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of, I, I have to say, like, I'm sure a lot. Uh, IBLP in my mind is just full of control freak men. It's full Mm -hmm. of narcissistic men because they go, oh, this is a religion that makes my wife, my servant, my children, my servants, and they have to do everything I say and they can't question it. Awesome. Great. What a great opportunity for me. Mm, It's uh, yeah. Um, Exploitation like the Voldemort family who put his entire family on television for 17 years. Um, Exploitation can take many forms, but always involves the exploitation of others without regard for their feelings or interests. Often the other is in a subservient position where resistance would be difficult or even impossible. Sometimes the subservience is not so much real as assumed. Mm -hmm. Hear that wives? Just kill them. (laughs) I'm kidding. Don't do that. That's a joke. We don't condone murder. No, 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 no. Just say no and leave. That's all definitely no murder um bad boundaries is the last one narcissists do not recognize that they have boundaries and that others are separate and are not extensions of themselves others either exist to meet their needs or may as well not exist at all those who provide narcissistic supply to the narcissist are treated as if they are part of the narcissist and are expected to live up to those expectations in the mind of the narcissist there is no boundary between the self and other Mm -hmm. Yeah, all those things. (laughs) The author of the Recovering Grace article goes on to explain that the bad boundaries point explains why toxic spiritual leaders or fathers in the IBLP, as I said, don't see anything wrong with invading people's privacy. Since their subordinates are part of themselves, they see no wrong in listening to phone calls, demanding knowledge of private conversations, reading phone records, calling friends of the enemy who has crossed them, keeping dossiers on those who have fallen out of favor. Like it's all rational to them to know all of that. Which doesn't make any sense to the rest of us. No. And I would like to add to this list personally, that weird thing that I hear about from other, from all different types of churches, mainly I was thinking of, did you ever watch the keepers on Netflix? The one about the nun? Um, Yeah. yeah. So I was thinking about that, which is a great documentary. Everyone should watch it. It's uh, very triggering religious trauma like sexual assault all all and murder it's all the stuff um it is about a catholic school and there are uh, different documentaries that talk about mormonism even like jehovah's witnesses and stuff and i'm sure it exists in evangelism too where priests or leaders ask about previous sexual abuse usually to young women 
And then they typically go on to sexually abuse them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't, that, I just feel like I have to add that to that list because it's like, yes, they're listening to your phone calls and blah, 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 blah. But like, this also happens in a lot of churches where they're like, oh, you were raped. Okay. Well, let me help you. Like, tell I'll me, uh, tell you. me all the details about it. And then I'm going to continue yeah, and giving it, it to you. And it's like a secret kink. Like it's weird. Yeah, it's it's real gross. Weird. And according to this mindset, if they're narcissists, they don't see anything wrong with that. Right. And they're also thinking, oh, like you're a victim before. I'll just keep you a victim now. Like yep. you were easily groomed before. Easier yep. for me to get to you now. It's disgusting. Ugh. Um, leaders may be scrutinized by their congregations, but as long as they keep functioning as a ministry in the eyes of the public, they can continue their behavior unchecked. Spotlight. No, mm, a movie yeah, for real. about the Catholic church and all the diocese and how everything works and how they were outed by the Boston globe. Also another great thing. Watch it. It's a fantastic movie. Mark Ruffalo, Michael okay. Keaton. Can't go wrong. Um, Franz was in that. And I didn't know <laughs> when I went to the movie oh, yeah. theater and I was like, Oh, I'm at the movie theater. I'm watching uh, spotlight. And he goes, Oh, I was in that. He wasn't. His scene got cut, but okay. I was gonna say, I was like, I watched it and I remember you talking about it. I kept an eye out for him. I was like, I never saw Frost. No, it got cut. (laughs) I did look. Uh, I was like, I didn't, I would have noticed if I saw your face. He was like a chef or something. Um, anyway, think of the way that the IBLP handled, I'm gonna call the oldest Voldemort family member Peter Pettigrew because he was the murdering, cowering rat. Uh, perfect it was kept within the church he was punished within the church and he was allowed to continue living with his sisters who he had abused along with his other new sisters and now nieces and nephews his very own children for years not Mm -hmm. saying that any of those sisters let him be alone with their children i'm pretty sure they were like absolutely not um Mm -hmm. it's all coming out now that they were like i was never comfortable around him after any of that like they yeah so there was definitely rules put in place but how strict were they followed um keep a lock on your door kids right and i'm not saying that's your responsibility i'm not saying he did anything to any of them later in life because i don't know no one knows well i'm sure people know if it happened then someone's gonna know but it's not public um so i'm not accusing anyone of that but his punishment was within the church and now where is he? Prison. <laughs> so where he belongs. <laughs> um, the only people who find their way out of these trauma bonds with toxic leaders and organizations are the ones that physically leave. Narcissists will take your dignity, your sanity, and your soul if you allow it. But I would like to point out also that it's not your fault. Um, if you're a survivor of a narcissist, I am of two that I know of. And one was a singular relationship and one was an organization. It wasn't a church. So it wasn't like I put my faith into it, but imagine if you're putting your faith into somebody that's like ultimate trust Mm -hmm. and they're going to, if they're a narcissist, they're going to abuse it. Or as I wrote, it's not your fault if they were an abusive dick. Mm -hmm. Also women, women can also be narcissists absolutely oh yeah for sure Whew. 
It can be really scary to walk away from something you've put your entire faith into, but putting your job security, false guilt, and or loyalty into a church family or ministry, that kind of makes the church family or ministry kind of become false idols. And if you have the strength to say no or to strengthen someone else to say no, then do so. Boundaries, truth, and survivors matter. Any thoughts? I have one last little four, three bullet points and I'm out of here. Dunzos. I think, I think narcissists, they really just, they really need to just stay in a surgeon's office. You know, like that's a good spot for you. Let's keep you detached and you so like, I am the best thing since sliced bread. I'm so good at my job. Great. Okay. Go do total hips and total knees and be a dick to the people that work with you, but do really good, you know, like surgeries. Don't run a church. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good niche for, uh, yeah, for psychopaths and narcissists. Just leave, go to med school. There is that, there is that that's, I disagree though. That's somewhat horrible advice. (laughs) Don't go anywhere just go away no there just is a, there is well, a, uh, there is a guy on tiktok that is diagnosed as a narcissist and he's like going to therapy and working on it i see yeah i i know who you're talking about um, his tiktoks are fascinating fascinating so interesting because so, he like just to see how their brain works yes and it and it's like his self-awareness so he's becoming better and i'm sure it's a struggle and he has to like tell himself to do things all the time but Mm-hmm. So my advice is not go into medicine where you're supposed to like be empathetic towards people. Amanda. No, no, no. Listen, surgeons, surgeons don't have empathy. They also don't have like any patient interaction. It's really the best spot for them. I understand that, but I disagree <laughs> because they should have empathy just because they don't right now. doesn't mean it's the way it should be. I mean, they should, but I, I think like what I'm getting at is they're so prideful about how good they are at a skill. Like, Right. Especially the surgeon, like so prestigious and whatnot. Typically, um, they do usually do a really good surgical procedures because they're okay. so well known for it. So like it kind of works in their favor to be like, I am the best, okay. like striving to be the best to like brag about it. Cause usually they are really good. Their patient care absolutely sucks, but typically patients usually just meet with a PA for follow-ups anyway. So I guess that's true. <laughs> Not even the surgeon uh, a lot of times, or it's like the nurse, but yeah, I think I just think it's not the best situation for them, but it's probably one of the safer jobs, yeah. careers. For that makes them. sense. There is um speaking of the guy on TikTok, there's a really interesting case. I think I heard him interviewed. I heard him interviewed on a couple podcasts. I can't remember his name. I'm sure you could Google it, but he uh, is a neuroscientist that's studying psychopaths and like how their brain works differently which yep. I mean narcissism is kind of synonymous there's yeah sociopaths there. psychopaths yeah. yeah but he studies like the brain changes and like structural changes like using a control group and he was doing so many scans for like this one big research project of like controls and sociopaths and like back and forth and he decided he's like you know what uh, we need more controls I'm just going to scan my own brain. Like I'll just put mine in the pool just for a control. Yeah. Guess what he found out? He's a narcissist. He is technically 
a psychopath. He's like, oh no. He checks all. Like, whose skin is that? And then he looks at like the number, like the deep, like patient identifier number. He's like, this is mine. And he's like, in that moment, I really had to self-reflect for a minute. And he's like thinking back, and he's like, you know, um, I have struggled with so many things throughout my life. Like I have struggled being empathetic and capable of it but I have to be so deliberate like mm. towards my wife, my children, everyday interactions with people. He's like, I have to completely change how I do things so I can appear empathetic. And then there's right. like so many other things that he was like connecting. He's like, yeah, so that's, that's the way I found out physiologically. I am also a psychopath. He's like, yeah. I, you know, I'm perfectly functioning. Like I have a wife, I have kids. I love them. But my not brain a, not is a murderer. Wired completely different. Yeah, like I haven't hurt anyone. I haven't killed anyone. I don't, I don't have the urge to do that. Not, not all psychopaths and narcissists and stuff are. No, like no, they're not always. And they're not always abusive either. I mean, this guy has like a happy family. It's just right. his brain. It's like autism. It just functions right. completely differently. Right. Like, so he has coping strategies, to... but yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I just thought that was so interesting, though. It's like, imagine scanning your own brain and being like, oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. That was the risk I took. Yeah, so that project for him, he's like, it made me want to research it so much more than I already was because I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm studying myself. Like, this is interesting. So, yeah, there's a podcast episode with him being interviewed on a couple different platforms, but or podcasts. It's very good. (sighs) But that just goes to show you have self-aware people and then you have everyone else. Yeah. Um, so last but not least, is Bill a narcissist? I say yes. Okay, well, I'm not a psychologist and neither are you. <laughs> so we're not here to diagnose anyone. Listen, I am but... the best and I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, should scan your brain. Um, but if we look at if we look at everything he's said and done so far, he's at least, at the very least, an absolute control freak. Ah, uh, yeah, absolutely. At the very least. Um, there is, within the IBLP, there is grooming for young women to be subservient. And I even went as far to say even young men are groomed to be dominating. Like, you can be groomed to think that you are above. I think that's grooming. Um, mm-hmm. Discreditation for speaking out you might get kicked out or whatever, or go to college. And then you're like, bye, <laughs> get out. Shaming for either having sinned or not following the IBLP's rules. Peter Pettigrew is a good example of that. Uh, mirroring, which is turning the tables on the victims instead of the perpetrator to deflect any wrongdoing. For example, dressing a certain way and then being sexually assaulted, the victim is the blamed one which goes hand in hand with gaslighting since they are trying to make the victim feel that they are more problematic than the one that did the action, which is the opposite of the truth. This also goes with discarding, which narcissists do. And in the IBLP, you either follow the rules or you are discarded to Satan's kingdom, which is fear mongering. And you also have a lack of empathy. And of course, a monitoring system, which is what we were talking about with the boundary thing. So... I would also say yes, but again, we are not psychologists. We cannot diagnose anybody with anything. But also he is. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So there you go. 
<laughs> that's so that's character qualities what they expect you to do and what they are <laughs> so yeah <laughs> also you can get character cards for five dollars on their website <laughs> they have pictures on is it there. like flashcards so you can learn yes. everything on them oh yep. my gosh no and there's like Stop pictures it. no these guys oh it's got a deer attentiveness versus concern with a white-tailed deer and then patience versus restlessness has monarch butterflies on them oh and they have little descriptions on the back so cute 4.95 for 49 cards handling probably not ages 6 to 12 oh and they have character sketch coloring books and so great character booklets fantastic well there you go amanda that's that yay if you need resources or know someone who may be at risk for being in a cult you can visit www dot dare to doubt dot org slash cults the link will also be in our link tree on our ig page at mr reticle presents and we never say this but you can also follow us on tiktok at mr reticle there's a lot on there because it's like both podcasts kind of mushed together but there you go uh if you have any questions or a story you want to share anonymous anonymously privately or just us or publicly you can email us at mr reticle presents at gmail.com or if you just would like to share a thought on the character qualities yes or please. anything else email us anything yep maybe not anything related <laughs> no threats <laughs> oh i was thinking no pictures but sure or that um, we don't want those either <laughs> uh, unless it's literally like your family at the family conference and you're like look this is my family and my 30 siblings i would love to hear your story please send that but if you're naked in anything i don't want it <laughs> yeah no we don't want that make sure to leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts in the name of deconstructing deprogramming and all things holy until next time don't drink the kool-aid <gasps> music Which servant of God was the most flagrant lawbreaker in the Bible? Jesus. <laughs> Moses. He broke all 10 commandments at once. <laughs> That's a good one. Because Jesus was just a snarky 20-year-old. You know, the whole back of the hand thing is like an insult. That means you have to slap me properly and all that stuff. Great. I love it. I love that. I love that Bible fact. It's just great. So good. Oh, lovely.